Sing one joy with my heart. 
the scripture verse that's up here on the screen. Acts chapter 1 and verse 9. The ascension. And it says this. After he had said this, he was taken up as they were watching. And a cloud took him out of their sight. While he was going, they were gazing into heaven. And suddenly, two men in white clothes stood by them. They said, men of Galilee, why do you stand looking up into heaven? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come in the same way that you have seen him going into heaven. Amen? Let's sing that chorus again with just your voices. Living he loved me, dying he saved me, buried he carried my sins far away, rising he justified freely forever, one day Father, we thank you so much for the love that you have for us. And we look forward to that glorious day when we get to see you face to face. But until that time, may our hearts be focused on you, praising you for who you are, meditating on you, thinking about you, letting you be our focus of our daily lives. God, we know when we do that, you'll use us to impact those around us. So may that be our heart's cry to keep our eyes focused on you, the only one who can save anyone from their sins. Thank you for your love for us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated.
take your attention to the scripture on the wall. It says, I will sing to the Lord all of my life. I will sing praise to my God while I live. May my meditation be pleasing to him. I will rejoice in the Lord. When I was looking at that scripture a couple of weeks ago, what jumped out to me, it says, may my meditation be pleasing to him. What do you meditate on? What do you focus on? Is it pleasing to the Lord? Are you following the footprints and the footsteps of Jesus? We do that by being in his word and focusing on him. So meditate on God's word. Meditate on the things of God, and it will be pleasing to him. Let's sing that chorus one more time. Footprints of Jesus, just your voices. Footprints of Jesus that make the pathway glow. We will follow the steps of Jesus where they go. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, may our meditation and our heart's desire be focused completely on you, following your guidance, following your footsteps, reading your word, allowing you to guide and direct our lives. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, we had a lot going on last week with the graduates and uh, may have looked overlooked a couple of people. Did we recognize Lauren Schaefer? I didn't think so. Lauren did such a great job. She's graduated as a nurse. We want to recognize her, and we need lots more nurses. Congratulations to Lauren on that great accomplishment. I was looking around to see if uh, Caleb... Uh, Parker is here. He's what? We haven't seen Caleb. Well, welcome back to Caleb from Paris. And uh, today is the 93rd birthday of none other than Ward McCurtain. When you have... <laughs> no, need, no need to stand. That's, uh, that's, that's accomplishment enough. That's right. And for those that feel overlooked, whenever you have your 93rd birthday in church, we'll recognize you as well. I want to say also our choir is uh, coming up next week on television. Uh, what they did a few Sundays ago will be broadcast next week, ABC from 10 to 10.30. Just curious, do any of you, use, anybody still use a DVR like we do? I hear, yeah. You almost feel like you're old if you say you have a DVR, but if you don't have one, you might not be able to watch it unless, you're, unless you miss church. But next week, 10 to 10.30, ABC, our choir will be on. Be sure and record that or figure out. How do you record if you don't have a DVR? You don't. It's just like that's old school. Okay, just don't record it. Right. Good. You know, one of the things that we've tried to do as a congregation, whenever we know someone is leaving our church, just to take a moment uh, to pray over them. And this is a very unusual uh, couple of weeks. And so today we're going to recognize three families that will be uh, leaving us either this week or the next. 
and that are the Harmons, the Baileys, and the Masons. Would you guys make your way to the front? Because we want to pray for you as you head off into different adventures. Uh, Harmons, Dee, and Joan are going to be going up to the North Texas area to start off on a great, exciting adventure of working at a camp. Uh, the Masons are heading to Florida, and the Baileys are headed over to Louisiana. And uh, they have been with us for several years, collectively about 15 years between all of you together. And uh, we are sad to see you go, but thank you for giving us a chance to pray over you. If you want to say anything encouraging about the church, now is your moment. If you want to say anything <laughs> negative, do that later. But uh, it, no, no pressure at all. But just if there's anything you want to say to the church body as you're leaving, we would love to hear from you, but don't feel any pressure. Uh, while you're thinking about that church family, we're going to just a minute make our way to the front. We Kind of like graduation last week, just make your way to, to one of these families. Doesn't mean you're picking a preference over one or the other, just to pray over them. Moving is one of the biggest stressors in life. What an enormous transition. They're uprooting their lives here. We have loved you guys. Thank you for letting us be a part of your lives, being a part of this church family, and we wish you the very best. I'm going to pray over you. Anybody need to say anything? Don't have to at all. Greg and Ansley, have been, I'm going to miss these guys. Of course, I'm thankful that, that Stephen and Alex will be here soon, but they have been just lifesavers up there with our youth helping out and have poured into our kids and done such a great job. So thanks for you guys doing that. Yes, sir. We, um, it is still on, right? Um, I, I do want to say thanks to the church body. Sorry. Um, I don't do this a whole lot. The, uh, thanks to the church body and our Sunday school group. We were just telling them how much we appreciate and how important it is for the, the groups around the church to uh, welcome people in, uh, invite them back, pay attention to them, invest in them. Um, as we've moved around the country, uh, that's been crucial for us. So I want to encourage those Sunday school leaders and the people at the door and everything that those things do matter. Um, we have nothing but good things to say about the church, so don't you worry. And, um, <laughs> and thanks for uh, the support through, we got here the year Harvey hit. Um, and through the shutdown, through COVID, through uh, Easton, he's across the hall. Uh, he was born here. We um, dedicated him here. So, so we'll miss it. Thanks to all of our friends, mostly on this side of the room. Nothing against that side of the room. Uh, and all those throughout the church who've helped us and invested in us. So thanks again. Appreciate that. And you know, a little bit of a sidebar there. You have to be an old timer, but you might remember, some of you will remember Steve and Sherry Fox. Anybody remember them? long time ago, a uh, long time ago, they invited Greg and Ansley to Westgate when they were with them over in Louisiana and knew that they were moving to Beaumont and recommended that they came, come here, and that's how they got here. So invitations do matter, even out of state. So uh, invite people. Anybody else need to say anything? Don't, no pressure at all? Yeah, you, everybody's got something to say. Good. Uh, no, we just want to say thank you. Um, yes, Moving is a huge transition. Trying to find a new church home um, is always kind of intimidating. I think uh, this was our third or fourth at the time. And what really stood out to us was Caroline here was only about nine months old. And so new city, don't know anybody. We're having to put her in a nursery with people we don't know. It's very, very scary, very stressful. Uh, the ladies of the nursery here, they're the only ones that sent a thank you note saying it was nice to meet your daughter. And that really stood out to us. And then from that point on, once we started attending Westgate, uh, the whole church just welcomed us right in. So we really appreciated that and made the transition a lot smoother. That and the fact you've got a nice, bright sanctuary. We went over to, uh, was it? 
Okay. <laughs> so, yes, it was very, it felt like home. <laughs> it's, it's good. Yeah, Joan. I want to say thank you to our church family. Um, I don't know a lot of you. Uh, we have not, we've been a member here for about a year and a half, but we haven't been attending for a year and a half. Um, my husband decided to have his fourth heart attack um, while back in uh, March. Wasn't it on my birthday? It was on your birthday. Yeah, my 52nd happy birthday to me. And um, <laughs> you people prayed us through that. Your... Uh, you poured out your hearts, you poured out your prayers, you lifted us to the Lord, and uh, that is what carried us through. God is what healed him, but y'all carried us through. And I want to say thank you to our wonderful pastor mm -hmm. and his wife who visited us and uh, took care of us, made sure that we were okay. And um, I just appreciate y'all so much. I want to say thank you so much to Sam and Sue you have uh, ministered to us since before we joined, and um, you are precious, precious people. Thank you so much. Thank you, Pastor. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And, um, go ahead and make your way down here so you can just huddle around these families and pray. And just remember, you guys, as you leave, you do have a week to find a replacement before you move. So make sure you get your replacements. But Let's come together and just pray over them out loud so they can hear you praying for them. You guys just voice one, two sentence prayers over them out loud.
Lord, we thank you so much for what your word tells us about Christian fellowship, that koinonia of being more connected than we can be any other way, only through Christ. Thank you for the gift of the church, the community of faith that we have, where we can stand by each other, walk together, encourage each other, challenge each other. Lord, to walk together in this endeavor of seeking to live in love like you. Lord, for the Harmons, the Masons, and the Baileys, what a privilege it has been to have them as a part of our church family. With sadness, we say goodbye, knowing that uh, uh, our, our natural connection week to week just won't be the same, but we pray your favor and blessing upon them. New jobs, new houses, new church, new friends, new responsibilities. Lord, just guide them. Thank you for the promise of your word that you go before us and everywhere that they are going. North Texas, Florida, Louisiana, you are already there providing the next steps for them. So we thank you for that. Thank you for allowing us to spend time with them. And now as they leave, may they know of your blessing in Christ. And we pray, amen. Boy, I, I, I celebrate that you are a, a kind of church that does this. Um, you have people that come into the church, we welcome them, but, but when we leave, we want to just let people know that they matter to us. And uh, too many times, people feel like they have to slip out the back door quickly, and we want to say goodbye. So anyway, thanks. And if you're a guest, uh, maybe uh, this is one of your first times here, there is a communication card in front of you. We would love to know about your visits, to visit to be in touch with you, and if we can minister to you, pray for you, answer questions about the church. No pressure church here for sure, but uh, if we can be of assistance, let us know. You can just fill that out and drop it in one of the offering boxes or meet us at the Connection Center, which is right on the other side of the wall uh, after the service. But we're delighted that, that you are here. We are in a, a, ser- a sermon series called Mandates in which we've been talking about the commands that Christ has given us outside of the Sermon on the Mount. We, we uh, addressed the Sermon on the Mount back in 2019. Uh, that is in the teaching archives, if anybody wants to go back. There's so many commands in there. But, but rather than rehearse some of what we've already talked about, we've been looking at various commands that Jesus gives us throughout the New Testament, specifically the Gospels and what Jesus has spoken. And remember that he told us in the Great Commission, we talked about the Ascension uh, earlier, in the, in, right before he ascended, he gave us the Great Commission in which we were commanded as his followers to go into all the world and teach people to obey everything that Christ has commanded. But we can't do that. We can't teach it, nor can we obey it if we don't know what those commands are. So we've been taking time to be reminded of that and to look over that again. Obedience demonstrates our love for Christ, and it puts us on the pathway to the very best in life. We all want to experience the best in life. No question, right? So how do we get there? By following what Christ has laid out and ordained for us to do. Sometimes it feels a little bit challenging, but we're reminded of what 1 John chapter 5, verse 3 says, that we love God by keeping his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. They may be challenging, but if we get underneath them, we will find that they will take us to where we really want to be. A number of you are reading through the Bible this year, and this week you'll hit uh, Ecclesiastes, you're also in Deuteronomy, and sometimes you think, well, those aren't really the focal books, but, but be reminded of some of the key verses that are in there. Solomon closes out Ecclesiastes with his great conclusion, 
Now all has been heard. Therein is the conclusion of all that matters. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the duty of all mankind. Fear God, keep his commandments, that's the duty of all of us. And in Deuteronomy chapter 5, and sometimes we, we think, well, you know, I, I'm not really into Deuteronomy. Think about Jesus quoting back from Deuteronomy when he was tempted by the evil one. In Deuteronomy chapter 5, verse 29, it says, Obey God's commandments so it may go, so it may go well with you. Following God's commandments helps, helps life to go well for us. Today we're going to come to a, a kind of a, an unusual commandment. You probably ha um, haven't heard this preached on very much. But Jesus said, I want you, as my followers, to be shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. That's in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. Shrewd as a snake, innocent as a dove. Therefore, first of all, we need to understand what the therefore is therefore. Matthew chapter 10, verses 5 through 16. Jesus is sending out his disciples, and, and let's pick it up and read it together. This is, this is a unique situation of Jesus sending out specifically his 12 disciples on a very specific mission, but the principle that he gives of being shrewd and innocent applies to all of us today. It says in verse 5 that these 12 that Jesus sent out with the following instructions said, do not go among the Gentiles or any, enter any town of the Samaritans, but rather go to the lost sheep of Israel. And as you go, proclaim this message, the kingdom of heaven has come near. That's certainly a mandate for us to be aware of, and we're going to talk more about that in a moment. Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons, Freely you have received, freely give. Do not get any gold or silver or copper to take with you, to put in your belt. No bag for the journey or extra shirt or sandals or a staff, for the worker is worthy of his keep. Whatever town or village you enter, search therefore for some worthy person and stay at their house until you leave. And as you enter the home, give it your greeting. If the home is deserving, let your peace rest on it. If it is not, let your peace return to you. If anyone will not welcome you or listen to your words, leave that home or town and shake the dust off your feet. Truly, I tell you, it will be more bearable for Sodom and Gomorrah on that day of judgment than for that town. Verse 16, I am sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. Lord, we're not used to seeing words like that dictated as a command for us, but I pray that today you would help us to see what's our responsibility. You've called each and every one of us. You have high expectations for us. Help us to see what your word would demonstrate and show us today what it means to be a follower of you. In Christ's name we ask. Amen. Well, we, like the twelve, are being sent out on this unbelievable enterprise of proclaiming that the kingdom of God has come near. The kingdom of heaven has come near. You understand what's going on here is Jesus is saying, I am giving you guys the greatest opportunity that mankind could ever know. That you can go out and be a part of the transformational process. Supernatural transformation that's possible for every single person. This is the most incredible opportunity available to man. You could pull out your phone right now and start shopping or, per, or, or perusing your phone or looking for things, and you would discover that there are a lot of cool things out there. But Jesus is saying there is nothing that would ever trump the opportunity of telling people 
about his gift of eternal and abundant life. Part of the problem is we live in a society that is not contented. There is dissatisfaction that runs rampant. We have this insatiable desire, this thirst for excitement. You may not remember what you were doing right before Thanksgiving of 2021, but a very unusual story unfolded out in California the day before on November 24th. That's the day that Trevor Jacob took a very unusual plane ride. He was a former Olympic snowboarder, also known as a YouTube adventurer, and on that day, he was definitely on an adventure. He took off on a small plane with multiple cameras affixed on the outside as well as the inside of the plane. And in mid-flight, he claims that the engine died, so he jumped out of the cockpit with a parachute and a selfie stick. He filmed himself all the way down, descending while videoing the plane as it was going down and crashing into the Los Padres National Forest. He conveniently landed right next to the wreckage, filmed the wreckage, and then videoed his hike back to civilization and all the people that he encountered on the way. A few weeks later, he posted a 13-minute edited video titled, I Crashed My Plane. Suspicion was so great that the FAA revoked Jacob's pilot license, but over three million curious viewers watched his plane crash. There is this lust for excitement to either jump out of a plane or to watch a plane crash, but that's not exclusive for outside the church. It oftentimes happens in the church as well which leaders or members, followers, whoever it might be, have this desire to ramp up the energy and the excitement because it's just not enough. But J.I. Packer, decades ago, wrote about his concerns in his classic book, Knowing God. When he was writing about the Holy Spirit's work, he said this, We have become preoccupied today with extraordinary, sporadic, non-universal ministries of the Spirit to the neglect of the ordinary general ones. And then he defined the ordinary general works of the Spirit, that of giving peace and joy and love and hope. See, sometimes we can get dissatisfied if there's not a spectacular vision to follow. But the ordinary work of sharing the gospel with Jesus Christ, sharing the gospel of Christ with other people, to transform sinners into Christ-like saints should be compelling enough to preoccupy all of us. That's why Jesus says, be shrewd as a snake and harmless as a dove. So let's look at what shrewd is. Shrewd, first of all, isn't rude. Sometimes that's the assumption. You have to be hard-nosed, aggressive, mean, and ornery like a snake. Because why? We're dealing with eternal matters, and so the means always justify the ends. That defined me as a young man. I was pretty harsh, pretty abrasive, pretty strong, pretty confrontational when it came to sharing my faith. But you know, if I was really honest about it, I wasn't out to try to save the world. I was out to try to prove that I was right. But that's not what the Lord is talking about here. He's talking about a different kind 
of shrewd. Not being snake-like per se, but shrewd is opportunistic and it's resourceful. He says uh, in Genesis chapter 3, we go back and we find that in the, in the, in the early, of, early days of the creation, at the fall, it says a serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. It goes on to talk about the temptation and the fall. When Jesus is talking about being shrewd, first of all, he, he's using a, a comparison and a contrast, a simile. He's not saying, be everything like a snake. And he's not saying be everything like a dove. He is making this contrast and comparison of how he wants his followers to be, to be resourceful. You see, the serpent was very resourceful in the temptation of Adam and Eve. Are we to go out and tempt people? No. Are we to be resourceful? Yes. Why? Because the environment in which we live, where did Jesus say he was sending us? We're being like wolves among sheep. Therefore, be shrewd as snakes and as innocent as doves. I sent this note to my wife who's up in uh, Washington, D.C. And we were at the zoo last month when we were up there together with our uh, granddaughter for her birthday. Found out that just a couple of weeks ago at the National Zoo in Washington, D.C., a fox chewed through the mesh fence, went inside, and killed 25 flamingos. But that's not all. Foxes have also been spotted where my wife runs around the Capitol up there because our kids just live a few blocks away. A rabid red fox attacked a congressman. Do not yet know if it's Republican or Democrat. <laughs> but had to beat the fox off with an umbrella and then had to take rabies shots. Went on to say there's aggressive fox encounters on and near the grounds of the U.S. Capitol. Those are our leaders. See, we're not called to be shrewd just to survive. We're called to be shrewd to thrive in a world that is hostile to the gospel. In many ways, we are like the flamingos at the zoo when the fox comes in. And God says, I want you to be shrewd enough that you can stand your ground in a hostile environment that is not at least bit interested in me. I think about what Stephen Smith wrote in his book, The Jesus Life, a time in which he went to see a banker and there was a card on his desk. Some of you have heard about this. The card said, every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up. It knows that it must run faster than the fastest lion or be killed. Every morning, a lion wakes up. It knows that it must outrun the slowest gazelle or starve. It doesn't matter, matter whether you are a lion or a gazelle. When the sun comes up, you better be running. Feel that way in life? And Jesus is saying, be ready. Be ready to take on the world to share the gospel with a lost and dying world. You see, the Apostle Paul noted there's a distinct difference between running for survival and running for purpose. When he came to the end of his life, he noted that he had run with purpose, not just to survive, but to thrive in sharing the gospel with others. So being shrewd and innocent requires what? It requires wisdom. Matthew chapter 10, verse 16, the passage we just looked at, 
said, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. For that reason, you need wisdom to be able to handle that in a redemptive way. Matthew, and Romans chapter 16, verse 19 says, I want you to be wise about what is good and innocent about what is evil. And in James, reading through that as well, as you go through the Bible, James chapter 1, verse 5, if you lack wisdom, ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. So God has called us to be about the business of proclaiming the beauty that the gospel has come near. And we are to do it in such a way, like a snake that is always resourceful whenever you see a snake snakes, they're incredible how resourceful they are. I remember Robert Pepper talking about fighting a spitting cobra. I'd never even heard of a spitting cobra until he was talking about the experience of having to take those things down outside of his house or inside the garage. And he would talk about how a spitting cobra will spit the venom at you, and the venom, if it hits your eyes, then becomes a life-threatening issue. It's a, it's a defense mechanism. But you know what I liked about the way Robert explained that? How would you attack a cobra that is spitting? Well, first of all, most of us wouldn't attack a cobra, right? But Robert said, you know, over in Africa, I'm more concerned about the mosquitoes than I am the cobras. And it was exciting to hear him tell about what they would do. Going to get the, 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 the spitting cobra and take him out, they would put on goggles. That's being shrewd. Hey, Mr. Snake, snake you think you got me one? puts on the goggles, goes in with a hoe, takes him out. That's what God's talking about, is being resourceful enough to know how to get the job done. That reminds me of a book. Maria Forleo wrote a book called Everything is Figure-Outable. She's an entrepreneur, best-selling author, and in this book she refers to what her mom taught her growing up. She said, everything you encounter is figure-outable. You can figure it out. Sometimes we depend on other people to figure it out for us. But here Jesus is saying, you're about to go on a mission that you've never done before. And I'm telling you, don't take anything extra. No carry-ons. Simply go with what you have. Depend upon the Holy Spirit to guide you and figure it out. Because the world is depending on us. Friends, the world is depending on us to figure it out. I'm trying to figure out how this summer we will go and encounter all the homes in this area around our church, not one or two or 300. But how do we leverage the energy, the effort, the faith, the prayers of our congregation to go out into our community door by door and speak to people and to pray for them and to invite them in to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you want to help me figure that out, you're saying, well, I know how we could do that. I know how we could do it. I just don't know how to get all of you to go out and do it with me. That's what we need to figure out. And Jesus is saying, I want you to be as shrewd as a snake, but as harmless as a dove. I grew up in Arizona. You saw lots of snakes. And whenever you saw a snake, you backed out backed away. I grew up in Arizona with lots of dove as well, but you don't run from dove. And God is saying, I want you to be the kind of individual that will be as harmless as a dove, as shrewd as a snake, to make sure the message gets through so people can turn to me. 
Friends, this is the kind of life we want to live. One of the commentators that I was reading said, summing up our life, he says, you're either going to be a live fish swimming upstream or a dead fish floating downstream. That may be your whole takeaway from this message. But that's going to define our life. Either a live fish swimming upstream or a dead fish floating downstream. And Jesus says, I want you to be a live fish swimming upstream that is shrewd as a snake and as harmless as a dove. Anybody here know that God loves you and he's created you to have a relationship with him? If you've never encountered the love of God, I pray that today would be the day. God does love you, and he's created you to have an eternal relationship with him. That's what Jesus was empowering his disciples to go out and share with the world. But our sin and this table that we're about to go to represents our sin, a reminder that our sin separates us from God, and there's no way for us to be redeemed except through Jesus Christ. But Christ can make us right for all of eternity. All we have to do is to humbly repent of our sins, turn away from our sins, turn to Christ, and surrender our life completely over to him. If you've never done that, I would invite you to join me in this prayer. If you're already a Christian, what is it you need to pray about right now? What is it you need to pray about based upon these, free, these, these brief thoughts that we've shared this morning? And let's pray together. Father, we know that you have called us to figure it out. You've given us great guidance, but sometimes we're depending on someone else to carry the mail, bring the water, show us the way. God, I pray that you would help us to be like those snakes. They're never stopping to ask for directions. They're shrewd. They know what they're going to do. They figure it out. Help us to be those kind of people. Yet when we come, we're not a threat. We don't create fear. We don't hurt people. We're as innocent as a dove, bringing the life-changing message of Jesus Christ. Lord, if anyone listening online or with us today has never received Christ as Lord and Savior, I pray that today would be the day that they would voice a prayer similar to this, Lord Jesus, I recognize that I am a sinner in desperate need of your forgiveness. Please forgive me of all my sins and become the Lord and Savior of my life. I surrender to you all that I am and all that I have, and I will follow hard after you the remaining days of my one and only life. Lord, thank you for the gift of eternal and abundant life that you have given to us as your followers and the mandate that you have given us to proclaim that fearlessly, innocently, to those around us. Help us to do that in Christ's name we pray. Amen. If you pray to receive Christ, know that in a few minutes after the service, uh, we'll have an opportunity for you to meet us in the atrium and we can talk more about your decision. It might be to follow up in baptism. Baptism is such an incredible, important mandate that Christ has given us. Maybe you're a Christian and you haven't yet been baptized. And I would encourage you to follow through with that as a demonstration of your faith. Likewise, if you want to become a member, we need a few replacements, as you can see. If you'd like to become a member of Westgate, you can meet us outside at the Connection Center in just a few minutes. But we're going to experience the Lord's Supper now. Uh, if you are uh, a deacon, if you would make your way to the front, begin preparations for that.
Likewise, I'd like for everybody that is here to know you're welcome to join us if you are a Christian who has been baptized. Uh, baptism is that important. It's the first step towards making your proclamation of faith in Christ. And you don't have to be a member of Westgate, but if you are a faithful follower of Christ, living a repentant life, not willfully living in sin right now, uh, but if you are living a repentant life to the best of your ability, we'd love for you to join us in this opportunity to celebrate what Christ has done. So the deacons are gonna pass that out in just a moment, take the elements, hold them, and then together uh, we will receive them in just a moment. So men, if you would go ahead and do the process of sharing the elements.
As we prepare to re receive these elements, we're reminded that we're celebrating what Christ has done for us to give us eternal and abundant life. To remember the sacrifice that was made so that we could experience that. And I would ask you to take maybe one step further today as we consider the text that we just uh, alluded to in scripture. As you receive these elements, might you remember what Christ has done for you? And somebody that maybe was shrewd and innocent that brought that message of salvation to you. Thank God for what he has done and the fact that that message got to you through somebody in some way. So Clint, would you lead us in prayer before we receive these elements? So Father, we studied this morning in uh, 2 Thessalonians that uh, Paul challenged us to remember the traditions, the teachings that uh, you gave to the apostles and to the, uh, the folks in the Old Testament who uh, represented you in, in the world. And Father, uh, one of these traditions, one of these teachings was that we come before you uh, according to the command of your son and remember Calvary, to remember him giving his body and giving uh, the blood that washes away our sins. And so, Father, this morning, as a, an expression of our obedience to you and in honoring your son and in thanks to your spirit that stirred the hearts of so many to trust your son, uh, we remember and, and we do that to your glory. In Christ's name, amen. Amen. Hebrews chapter 12 reminds us that we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, people that have gone before us, believers, brothers, sisters in Christ, part of the family of God. What we are about to experience is so incredibly unique. It roots us to Christ and connects us with the believers that have gone before us, just as Clint alluded to in his prayer. For two millennia now, people have been doing exactly what we are doing to be reminded of what Christ has done. Don't ever think that we are the first ones to figure things out, and I know you don't. But remember, we are connected with Christ and with one another. So Jesus said, this is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. This is my blood that is spilled for you. As often as you drink it, drink it in remembrance of me. The early church sang songs, and the church has been singing ever since. And we're going to stand and we're going to sing together as we close out this time of worship. But it's also a time of response. If God has led you to make a decision, know that you can meet me over at the cross. You can meet our deacons down here at the front, all across the front here. But let's stand together, let's worship, and let's respond to the Lord.
Amen? Amen. Quick reminder that the VBS meeting for volunteers is happening in the gym right after the service. God bless you. Have a great week.